Tede, and welcome to History of Estonia podcast. Well, I saw this speech by Lynette Mary, the former president of Estonia, posted to Twitter last week, and I found the speech prophetic to Europe's current crisis inside of Ukraine, and I decided to share it. The speech occurred in Hamburg, Germany, February 25th, 1994, at the Matthäus Supper of Hansa Cities, which happened to have the then vice mayor of St. Petersburg, Vladimir Putin, in attendance. During this speech, Vladimir Putin got up and stormed out of the room in the middle of the speech. Mary's speech, in retrospect, seems prophetic. In this speech, Mary talks about the short-term benefits of profiting from Russia as not being able to see an inch from one's nose. In this speech, he also talked of a gas pipeline from Norway supplying Europe with natural gas. Today, thanks partially to Gerhard Schroeder, the former German chancellor, we instead have Russia supplying Europe with by far the largest amount of energy, with 41% of its natural gas coming from Russia. Because of Europe's dependence on Russian energy, Russia has an immense amount of sway inside of Europe, but with Germany specifically. This German dependence on Russia has caused a bit of a rift inside of NATO on how to deal with Russia during the current Ukraine crisis. This dependence on Russian energy has put Europe somewhat at the mercy of Moscow and its refound imperialist desires. If you don't know much about Leonard Murray, before becoming the president of Estonia, he was a historian, filmmaker, and author. If you haven't seen his films, and since you have an interest enough to listen to this podcast, I would certainly recommend watching his films about different Finno-Urgic tribes. Several years ago, we purchased a DVD set of seven documentary films that are absolutely fantastic and gave me the feeling that I had watched something almost sacred. If you haven't seen these films, please, for your own enjoyment, seek them out. And now, the speech. I am the President of the Republic of Estonia. When I see before me the pointed steeples of the free and Hanseatic city of Hamburg, I might as well think I am at home, in the old Hanseatic city of Revel, or Tallinn, on the Gulf of Finland. However, I have an honorable duty to fulfill here today, a duty which I consider particularly important. I have to give you a message from my country which is situated quite near to Hamburg. The Hanseatic spirit with which even today a number of towns in Estonia, besides Tallinn, still feel a rapport, has always been an open-minded spirit, yet it has always been an enterprising spirit, even a combative one, when freedom and its protection has been at stake. Back home, on the Tallinn Town Hall, there is a sentence in German which illustrates this Hanseatic spirit. The translation is, Fear God, tell the truth, do justice, and be afraid of nobody. I would like to abide by this centuries-old command and openly tell the truth as it currently appears to my people and myself. The freedom of every individual, the freedom of the economy and trade, as well as the freedom of mind, of culture, and science are inseparably interconnected. 
they form the prerequisite of a viable democracy. The Estonian people never abandoned their faith in this freedom during the decades of totalitarian oppression. This freedom, the notion of freedom, has developed in our country over many centuries from the relations that we have had and cultivated with the rest of Europe. Without being modest, I dare say that this is hardly any other nation in the eastern part of Central Europe that was and is more closely connected with Europe than the Estonian people. Today, one can still behold in the lifestyle of even the most unpretentious of my fellow countrymen. Because we are a people belonging to Western European society, and since, unfortunately, we live in a land which is geostrategically very vulnerable, we have developed a stronger instinct than many a European for discerning the problems and threats that loom in our vicinity. This discernment has been largely lost in our modern world. To illustrate it graphically, it is much like with an epidemic of germs. They know man all right, whereas the ordinary man cannot recognize them. He is just afraid of them. Who was it but the small Baltic nations, whom the world had already forgotten, that actually caused the big nation and mighty Soviet state to collapse, and peacefully, mind you, without a single shot fired or a single drop of blood shed. We acted according to our own sound common sense, indeed oftentimes in defiance of not quite selfless conformist warnings. I would like to tell you quite openly, as the old maxim on our town hall requires me to do, that my people and I watch with a certain concern how little the West realizes what is currently brewing in the expanses of Russia. From a subjective point of view, it is understandable that the breakdown of the Soviet Union caused the West to feel kind of a triumph. It is also understandable, subjectively, that the West concentrated all of its hopes and empathies on the true or ostensible forces of reform in Russia. This attitude, however, has brought the West to a risk of wishful thinking. All of us, including the Estonian people and other peoples of Central and Eastern Europe, wish as much as the West economically and socially stable Russia. Yet, when we track the achievements of the latter years, we should be overtaken by an uneasy feeling that we have been moving farther away from our goal. What is it that worries Estonians, and not only them, in the present development of Europe. We were astounded to see that the West invited Russian troops and tanks to Sarajevo. Ever since Bismarck and the 1878 Berlin Congress, it has been the West's policy, for the sake of peace, to keep Russians as far away from the Balkans as possible. Since World War II, the United States and the West have invested over $80 billion to keep Titoism alive and the Soviets away from the Adriatic. Let us ask ourselves, is it possible that a state, which itself is grappling with the hardest unsettled ethnic and ethical problems, should be trusted to act as an arbiter and peacemaker in other states that also have ethnic problems? The unease will be growing when one examines one of the recent documents issued by the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. It states that the problem of ethnic Russian groups in the neighboring countries cannot be solved by Russia by diplomatic means alone. Those ethnic Russian groups, however, 
have oftentimes settled down in the wake of occupants and mass deportations of the native population. One can only conclude from this Moscow memorandum that, if necessary, other measures may also be taken. As to what these measures could be, we Estonians, along with other smaller nations, have had bitter experience in our recent history. So I am worried that once again, irrationalism is getting out of hand in Russian foreign policy and Russian political philosophy. Years ago, Solzhenitsyn called on Russians to bid farewell to the empire and instead concentrate on themselves. He used the word self-restriction and demanded that the Russians should solve their own economic, social, and also intellectual problems, neglecting this imperative of their great compatriots. Responsible Russian politicians have suddenly, once again, begun to speak openly about this purported special role of Russia, about a peacekeeper function that the new Russia has to fulfill throughout the whole territory of the former USSR. Mr. Karaganov, one of the President Yeltsin's closest advisors, recently expressed this in seemingly unobtrusive form, but in fact quite harshly, when he said that Russia was to play the role of primus inter peris, the first among equals, in the area of the former Soviet empire. This reminds me of a phrase once coined by George Orwell about Soviet communism. All are equal, but some are more equal than others. Why does the new post-communist Russia, which claims to have broken with the evil traditions of the USSR, stubbornly refuse to admit that the Baltic nations, Estonians, Latvians, and Lithuanians, were occupied and annexed against their will and contrary to international law? In 1940 and again in 1944, and subsequently brought to the limit of their national existence through five decades of Sovietization and Russification. Even today, a deputy Moscow foreign minister, Mr. Krylov, officially declared in his reply to the Baltic states that in 1940, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania had joined the Soviet Union voluntarily. This is little short of the statement that tens of thousands of Estonians including my family and myself, had voluntarily let themselves be deported to Siberia by the Soviets. Ladies and gentlemen, how do we fathom all of this calmly and earnestly? Naturally, it is the more or less familiar kind of irrationalism that is born in Russia and that makes Russian politics look unpredictable. However, there is also another equally alarming tendency which out of the convenience is passed off as realpolitik in the democratic West. That is a proclivity for an approach that has been labeled as appeasement. With this approach, one unwittingly becomes an accomplice of imperialist forces in Russia who believe that they can solve their country's immense problems by outward expansion and by threatening their neighbors. Be it Khrushchev, Brezhnev, Gorbachev or Yeltsin as irreplaceable has led to tremendously bad investments and misjudgments. Whoever really wants to help Russia and the Russian people today must make it emphatically clear to the Russian leadership that other imperialist expansion 
will not stand a chance. Whoever fails to do so will actually help the enemies of democracy in Russia and other post-communist states. As I said, ladies and gentlemen, Estonia is situated very near to Germany and Hamburg. Western and above all German policy has to make a fateful choice. Either the neo-imperialist policy of a great Eastern power will be tolerated, financed, and in the short term, possibly even profited from, that, dear listeners, would be a policy unable to see an inch further than one's nose. Or the notions of democracy, freedom, responsibility, and peace will be helped on the road to success across the whole gigantic area between the Baltic Sea and the Pacific Ocean. If one wants to do that, the democratic West should resolutely contribute to the stability and security of the medium and small-sized states to the east of the German border. Here I mean the whole area of Central Europe, which in my view reaches from the Estonian border town of Narva on the Baltic Sea to the Adriatic, also including Ukraine. If we manage to integrate this zone of states into the democratic world, then the model effect of these countries will be felt in the Russian area. We want to, I should say, we have to be safely anchored in the West. From such a safe position, rather than from some kind of twilight zone, we will be able to assume our function of a bridge between East and West, and at the same time, assist the democratic forces of Russia. Then it will be possible, progressing from West to East, to help democracy, free enterprise, private property, and not least of all, the rule of law, on the road to success. If, however, those states, including Estonia, are left to their own devices and exposed to the potential neo-imperialist appetites of Moscow, the price for it would be too high, even for all of Europe to pay. The Republic of Estonia which for its domestic, economic, and social policies is among the most stable states of the region, could offer you, ladies and gentlemen, good services, solidarity, and friendship. We try hard to understand your situation. My request is, please try to understand our situation too. It is in the interest of all of Europe, and hence in your interest here in Germany and in Hamburg, that Estonia should remain free, and democratic. Thanks for listening. The regularly scheduled episode will still be posted in one week's time. If you'd like to say hello, you can find me on Twitter at ParsleyLL or you can email me at sparsleyw at gmail.com. So until next week, Nagamisini. <laughs>